Good morning, welcome to King's Arms. My name is Ali Green and I'm hosting with Steve Wilson. Um, it is great to have you with us today. And it is the 29th of November, but apparently Christmas has landed in King's Arms already. Steve, explain that jumper. Well, <laughs> normally it is definitely the case, guys, that I wait until the 1st of December, but I figure this year has been a bit of a tough one for people. And so no one is gonna feel too bad if we extend the joy of Christmas by a couple of days, I think. And this is my uh, favorite Christmas jumper. And uh, it combines two of my favorite things, Christmas and Star Wars, because of course, I, I do believe that there are only two sorts of people in the world. Uh, the first sorts of people are those who think that Star Wars are the greatest movies of all times. And uh, the, the second group of people are the people who are wrong. All right, so uh, no doubt that will start a discussion in the chat right now, but uh, those who are Star Wars fans can join me in their appreciation of it. But yeah, no, Christmas has landed. Hope you guys are getting into the spirit of it as well. In fact, not only am I wearing my Christmas jumper, but Ali's already mentioned the fact that she has even got some Christmas socks I on. I didn't mean to. We got here, I saw the Christmas <laughs> stuff, and I realised I've got Christmas puddings on my socks. I didn't even know I was so going to have them. So I've decided I will enter in the spirit of things. I'm naming the reindeer. We're, we're going to name be the reindeer. Keith and Jude. There you go. Keith and Jude, which, which honestly, guys, I think is probably the, the least Christmassy name that we can possibly think of. But Keith and Jude apparently are our Christmassy reindeer here. But listen, I do actually have some important Christmas news for you. And so if you've got a pen and paper, if you've got a diary or a phone that you want to scribble some of this in, I would suggest you take note for a minute because we did want to let you know about a number of really special Christmas things that are coming up. So we know that this year is a little bit different from most years and what we're doing. And so starting next week, when we are officially in December, every week is gonna have a Christmas edge to it. And so we're starting a new preaching series called Carols for the King, which is no doubt gonna be absolutely superb. Uh, we're gonna take the opportunity of watching some really Christmassy videos and things. But in particular, I wanted to bring your attention to the 13th of December, because every year at King's Arms, we always wanna take up a special offering for how we're reaching out to the poor and the disadvantaged in our town. And this year, in partnership with HTB, you'll know that we've started a special retrack center helping the unemployed and uh, giving out food uh, parcels and also helping people to be creative in how they re-engage with work and training and so if you'd want to contribute to that look out for the 13th of December more information will come out for that one uh, we've also got we're hoping a special family service in person on the 20th of December where Nikki and her amazing Kings Kids team are going to be taking over the auditorium and uh, we're going to be doing craft we're going to be watching a retelling of the nativity story with various competitions and games and there's even a, a pack if you can't make it here to king's house that you can get in touch with us and get in addition to that all right then final two things to say would be that on christmas eve we're going to have a special zoom meeting for everyone across the church we'd love for you to see in christmas with us christmas eve in the evening you'll be able to find more details no doubt an e-preview and uh, across social media as well in the days it leading up to that and then finally this year for the first time in my knowledge in King's Arms history there's also going to be a special uh, video put out on Christmas Day that's going to celebrate something of what Christmas Day means to us as Christians so look out for that Christmas Day as well but don't worry we'll make sure that it doesn't clash with the Queen's speech amazing thank you there's a lot of information in one guy. <laughs> a lot of information. Um, it's all on the website if you need a repeat of that. Um, but right now we get to celebrate Jesus. We get to worship and Jess is going to be leading us as we worship him today.
Jesus is waiting there with open arms, oh, with open arms for God so
the king of my heart be the mountain where I run the fountain I drink from oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life oh he is my song you are good you're good Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails. The anchor in the waves, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins. The echo of my days, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from. the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life oh is my song you are good you're good oh you are good you're good oh you are good you're good
Yeah, Father, I thank you so much that you are that good and loving Father who we can just run into your arms, God. Yes. We can rest in that place of being accepted and welcome and washed clean and made completely and totally new in you. Yes. Thank you so much, Father God, that that is a promise that you made and you never break your promises. Yes. So we come to you this morning and we just rest in your presence yes, God. and say thank you, God. You are so good, so good to us. Mm. Amen. Amen. Just want to encourage you if you are um, watching this with the live stream um, that in the in the chat down the side, often words of knowledge get posted there kind of during worship or later in the service. I really encourage you to scroll and have a look. Um, I was so encouraged because I was hosting um, I think it was last week and um, someone shared a lady who's been part of our church family for years and she had responded to a word of knowledge a month earlier um, about persistent headaches that just wouldn't shift she'd been getting them two or three times a month um, and they were lasting for a couple of days and kind of no medication was touching them so it was really really tough for her and she had responded to a word of knowledge about it and um, we'd prayed for her online on that live prayer um, that you've got the button for on your screen and um, she messaged us a month later saying she hadn't had another headache since that day so I just want to encourage you have a look at the words of knowledge um, encourage you if there's anything else you want prayer for do press that button and um, we would love to pray for you. Very good. Yeah, there really are team who are ready to pray for you right now. Uh, just to say, if you are uh, part of the King's Arms, we are so grateful for the fact that you give and contribute to all that we do across this church. And so if you want to take the opportunity, if you give uh, regularly uh, by standing order, thank you so much. But if you want to uh, make your pledge to us right now, you are able to by going to kingsarms.org give, or there'll be a link up on your screen right now where you can do that as well. Great, and now we've got a video, um, so listen up to this, really exciting challenge for us, and um, it's introduced by someone who bears a striking resemblance to you, Steve. Here we go. So here I am in my home with a Christmas tree and a new Christmas jumper on, wanting to talk to you about a way that this Christmas we can partner with God to see his tsunami of love move across our town. Now 2020 has been a strange year for all of us, but it's been particularly tough for some groups in our society. And as a church, we want to step forward this month to share some light and love to some of our town's most precious people by gifting them with a Christmas box filled with goodies through December. Now it's been in our heart to express our love to specifically to three groups of people. Firstly, the elderly, who can feel especially isolated at this time. And we've got some fantastic connections with local care homes and also those who over the last few years have been coming along to our Christmas banquet. Secondly, there's families who we know are both vulnerable and poor that we've connected through, uh, through schools who are closest to King's House in the Coldwell area and the Kempston area of town, who are unable to have the sort of Christmas that many of us will enjoy. And then thirdly, there's a group of people who are part of the homeless and displaced clients that we serve through the brilliant work of the King's Arms Project, some of whom will have little or no connection with others this Christmas time. Now this Love Christmas initiative is actually in partnership with churches right the way across the nation, aiming to reach over a million people this month. And in faith, I'm asking, we're asking that we as the King's Arms would hit the target of doing 300 of these Christmas boxes within our community. And so my question is, will you help us? 
Practically speaking, I'm asking you uh, to either get a box from us, to fill it and give it back to us so we can make sure it gets to the right place, or to give us the contents for a Christmas box. And that's approximately the size of a shoebox between the Thursday, the 3rd of December, and Thursday, the 10th of December. Now, what goes in the box, you can be as creative as you like. Although there's a list of suggestions if you want some ideas of what to avoid and what to put in them on our webpage online. Now, if you're a family, what you might want to do is collect a plain box and then to spend some time with your children decorating it and filling it. And what we're even doing is we're writing letters to the people who are gonna get our boxes. And that's what we've done as a family. Now to find out more information about how you can get involved, we want you to uh, go to kingsarms.org slash lovechristmas where you can get full details and also to commit to sign up for however many Christmas boxes that you want to do. Or if you don't feel like you have time, then you can simply make a donation so that we can do them on your behalf. But listen, this Christmas, this December, let's together love people really well and take this opportunity to see a tsunami of love continue to spread across our town. That's great. Um, Steve, I'm sorry, I don't know which jumper's worse. Do you know what, I honestly believe that everyone needs a good Christmas jumper and so I'm gonna wear them with pride <laughs> right away through the month. Well, Keith agrees with you. Good. <laughs> so with no further ado, um, it is my pleasure to introduce Wendy, who is going to be preaching to us today. Um, I have to say, over the years, I've been continually provoked and encouraged yeah. by Wendy's preaching, by her writing, um, just by her life in general. So I really encourage you, I think, listen up. She's got some, a great message for us today. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, it's great to be together again this morning. And this morning we are looking at the last in our Kairos series where we are talking about um, what God is speaking to us about in this season and opportunities that we've got to change and grow. And one of the things I believe God's been speaking to me about has been linked to some building work that's been happening across the road from where I live. Uh, they're building new houses and they've, got, they've been digging the foundations and there's this huge great big drill that's been drilling deep into the ground. And every so often as I've been sat in my house, the house has shaken. And this has happened for the last few months or so. And there was one occasion when I was spending time with Jesus and the house shook again. And I felt like God spoke to me in that moment. And I felt like he said to me that... The shaking that I was experiencing was significant in terms of the season we're in and some of the stuff he's doing in our own lives and our own hearts. And he said to me, some of the shaking that's happening, some of the stripping away of stuff that he's doing in this season is because he is building deeper foundations. It's because he wants to take stuff deeper in our hearts and put what's most important at the front and centre, which is our relationship with him and our pursuit of him. And so I just want to talk um, this morning about a couple of the key foundations that I feel like Jesus is really wanting to dig deep in our hearts in this season. And we're going to look at it based in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 7. But just to give you some context before we get going, in the lead up to this passage, the Apostle Paul is painting a beautiful picture of the glory of the new covenant. He's talked a bit about Moses, who was under the old covenant before Jesus. And he's talking about the fact that Moses encountered so much of the manifest presence of God and God's glory that he had to actually cover his face with a veil because people couldn't stand to look at the glory of God that was coming out of him. 
And then he starts to talk about the new covenant that we're now in because of Jesus. And in chapter 3, verse 10, he makes this staggering statement. Listen to what he says. He says, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, the old covenant, which, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Paul is saying what Moses encountered in the old covenant was glorious, but it's, it's far superseded by the new covenant that we now live in. And when we get to chapter 4, verse 7, Paul is still reflecting on the new covenant and the great news of Jesus and what his death and resurrection means for us. And in chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. I just want to pause here for a moment and say, I believe that the first foundation that God is wanting to really drill into our hearts in this season is the fact that we carry great treasure. Paul recognises in this verse that we are weak, that we're fragile, that we mess up, we get stuff wrong. In fact, he likens us to a fragile clay jar. How many of you can relate to feeling like a fragile clay jar? And Paul actually says, look, this is actually a really good thing. He says this is good because your life is meant to point to God. You know, the truth is that people are meant to see how we trust and how we forgive and the hope we carry and the joy we carry. And they're meant to see our perseverance and affliction and our courage in revealing Jesus to people. And they're meant to say, wow, there must be a God. How? There's no way that that person could achieve that and do that. There must be a God. Our lives are meant to point to him. And when we read this scripture, I wonder if many of us can relate to the fact that we are like fragile clay jars and that's easier for us to get our heads around and maybe we focus mostly on that bit. But I wonder how many of us have ever spent time meditating on the fact that we have been given great treasure to carry. And Paul recognises that we've been given great treasure. You know, the great treasure of the new covenant, the great treasure of the life-changing reality of Jesus and what he's achieved for us on the cross, which means that we now get to come into relationship with our Heavenly Father as sons and daughters. It changes everything. How are you doing at being blown away by the great treasure that you've been given to carry? Are you focusing more on your fragility or are you focusing more on the treasure? And uh, just a couple of weeks ago now, I was with a friend at the river and we just decided we'd take some time to pray. And so I just began to reflect on the good news of the gospel and just began to thank God for stuff. I was like, thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you that you're kind. Thank you that you've got good purposes for my life. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you that you would humble yourself and be obedient to death. Thank you, Jesus, that you took all of my pain and my, my mess and my sin and my shame on yourself. And man, you were punished in my place and then you died. You actually gave your life so that I could be free, so that I could uh, come into a relationship with my Heavenly Father, so that my life would be forever different. And as I began to just meditate on this amazing truth, God's presence rushed in and my friend and I encountered the grace of God in a fresh way. And of course, God's grace is at the core of the great treasure we carry because none of us deserve any of this. 
And there's something about speaking the truth out loud and praising God and praying and declaring the great news of the gospel that gives us a fresh understanding of the great treasure we've been given. And so I just want to encourage you this week, why don't you take some time and meditate on the great treasure that you carry. The truth is that we are weak and fragile, but we carry a great treasure. And when people see our lives, it should point them to him. So that's the first foundation. And as we continue in this passage, we learn from Paul that the treasure we've been given is going to be resisted. But what we learn also from Paul is that he continues to reveal Christ anyway. He continues to show people the great treasure he's been given. Why? So that many other people can also take hold of the treasure and also so that God is glorified. And so we read in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 says this, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. You know, Paul paints a pretty stark picture of the resistance he's experienced as he's made the decision to serve Jesus. You know, as he's made the choice to share the treasure of the gospel with the people around him, he he experienced resistance. And yet he continues to choose to keep revealing the treasure, to keep revealing Jesus to the people around him. Why? Because he knows that it means that many more people will come to know God and also it means that God will be glorified. Wow! I don't know about you, but as I was preparing this talk and looking particularly at this passage, I felt thoroughly provoked. You know, I think I can think of trials and challenges I've been through and perhaps relate to feeling, you know, hard-pressed or perplexed or knocked down. I can also relate to the fact that I've never been driven to despair and never been destroyed. God has been faithful. But when it comes to sharing my faith and revealing the treasure I carry to other people, I've never lived in danger of death. I've never lived in danger of death for following Jesus. And I would imagine the same would be true for many of us who are watching. In fact, I think for me, maybe the worst kind of resistance I might ever experience would be maybe some misunderstanding or some mockery or maybe some rejection. And yet so often I don't reveal Jesus to people around me because I'm scared of what they might think. You know, the resistance to the gospel that you face in your workplace, in your families, in the nation you're watching from, or maybe the nation you feel called to might look different to some of the resistance I've experienced. But Paul's provocation is the same for all of us. There will be resistance, but it's all worth it so that many, many people come to know God and so that God is glorified. 
And as I was preparing this, I actually had an opportunity to give a prophetic word to someone who I was connecting with. I was buying something from a local business in the town. And I'd read this and I thought to myself, I could actually use this opportunity to prophesy over this lady. And I felt a little bit of fear in my heart. But then I thought, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is uh, she might misunderstand me and she might reject me. She might not want to connect anymore. But then I thought, what's the best that could happen? And I thought the best that could happen is that the prophetic word I bring could open her heart up to want to have more conversations with me about Jesus, about the treasure I carry. And ultimately, it could lead her to wanting to give her life to Jesus. And so I sent the prophetic word to her. And actually, as it happens, I haven't heard from her since. But you know, I'm so glad that I took a step because you just never know what God's going to do with your obedience. And so God is shaking me at the moment. He's doing some internal shaking in my heart. He's asking me, have I grasped the greatness of the treasure I've been given? Have I really comprehended what God has put inside me, what God has given to me? And also, am I willing to share that treasure with other people, knowing that I'm likely to face resistance, but am I going to choose to do it anyway so that many other people get access to God, get to encounter his love, and so that God is glorified? And the last thing I feel like God has been speaking to me about, and I feel like this is another key foundation that God is wanting to drill deep into our hearts in this season. And it's this, it's the importance of us living with an eternal perspective. 2 Corinthians 7 continues, Paul continues like this. That is why we never give up. Though our outward bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You know, one of the reasons Paul was able to keep boldly revealing the treasure that he carried and continue to show people Jesus even in the midst of challenges and resistance, is because he lived with an eternal perspective. You know, Paul realised that what he was seeing and experiencing in his life was temporary. It would soon be swallowed up by a greater and truer reality of eternity with the Father, where there'd be no more pain and no more suffering and no more sickness and no more resistance, but just undiluted intimacy with God. And Paul fixed his eyes on that reality. And in light of that reality, the resistance and the challenges he experienced, he was able to describe as small and temporary. Fixing his eyes on what could not be seen enabled Paul to never give up. Eternity motivated him to continually reveal the great treasure he'd been given. Let me just illustrate it this way okay I've got this rope here I want you to use your imagination for me and so I've got this rope that is across the studio here but I want you to imagine that this rope goes on forever okay so it goes out the studio doors and wraps around the world a few times and it just keeps going on and on forever and I want you to imagine that this rope represents eternity it represents a timeline of your life and it goes on forever and ever and ever And the truth is, 
you and I are going to exist for eternity. That's the truth. We are going to exist forever and ever and ever. This small part of the rope here, this represents our existence here on the earth. This represents your life on the earth. Okay. Now, the truth is we have a, sh a few short years on the earth and then we have an eternity somewhere else. And Paul is trying to say, don't be consumed with this part of your life. Don't be so caught up in the here and now that you forget about eternity. Don't just focus on this part of your existence. Fix your eyes on eternity. And it's challenging, isn't it? Because so often we spend all of our time focused on the here and now. You know, we say, I'm going to work really hard and really hard and really hard so that I can actually enjoy this part of my life here. Or, you know, I want to get that grade and go to that university and have that job and maybe get enough money to buy that house. And we can be so caught up with this part of our existence. And when we face challenges or resistance, it's very easy to lose hope, to give up, even get angry, offended with God. Paul's exhortation to us is look up, lift your gaze, fix your eyes on the things that you can't see. Focus on eternity. Invest in things now that last and impact forever. Get hold of the amazing treasure that you carry. Reveal it to people all around you. Invest your time praying and crying out to God for his kingdom to break in on the earth. Invest in stuff now in this short life that will have ripples throughout eternity. And when you face challenges and when you face resistance, don't lose heart. Don't give up. See your circumstances in the light of eternity, in light of forever, so that you can say, like Paul, that your troubles are actually small and temporary against the backdrop of eternity. I just want to finish by reading a story from this great book. It's called Trump for the Lord. It's about Corrie Ten Boom and the travels that she had around the world to share Jesus with people. And um, there's just one story in this book which I think epitomizes someone who has got hold of this stuff, has got hold of these foundations. Uh, it's clear that they understand the treasure they carry. Um, it's clear that they've experienced resistance and they know what that's like. But it's also clear that they have an eternal perspective and they, they are investing now in everything that's to come. Let me just read this story to you. It says this, The old woman was lying on a small sofa propped up by pillows. Her body was bent and twisted almost beyond recognition by the dreaded disease of multiple sclerosis. Her aged husband spent all his time caring for her since she was unable to move off the sofa. I walked across the room and kissed her wrinkled cheek. She tried to look up, but the muscles in her neck were atrophied, so she could only roll her eyes upward and smile. She raised her right hand slowly in jerks. It was the only part of her body she could control, and with her gnarled and deformed knuckles, she caressed my face. I reached over and kissed the index finger of that hand for it was with this one finger that she had so long glorified God. Beside her couch was a vintage typewriter. Every morning her faithful husband would rise praising the Lord, and after caring for his wife's need and feeding her a simple breakfast, he would prop her into a sitting position on the couch, placing pillows all around her so she wouldn't topple over. Then he would move that ancient black typewriter in front of her on a small table. From an old cupboard he would remove a stack of cheap yellow paper and then with that blessed one finger, she would begin to type. All day and far into the night, she would type. 
She translated Christian books into Russian, Latvian and the language of her people, always using just that one finger. She typed out the pages. Portions of the Bible, the books of Billy Graham, Watchman Nee and Corrie Ten Boom all came from her typewriter and that was why I was there, to thank her. Not only does she translate their books, her husband said, as he hovered close by during our conversation, but she, all, she, she prays for these men every day while she types. Sometimes it takes a long time for her, to, her finger to hit the key or for her to get the paper in the machine, but all the time she is praying for those whose books she's working on. And when I read that, I thought, wow, so challenging. There's someone who understands that she carries a great treasure, that she has a significant purpose on this earth, someone who understands challenges and trials and resistance, and also someone who is living with an eternal perspective, who's investing now in what is going to count forever. And so I just want to encourage us, let's, go, let's allow God to take those truths, to take those foundations deep into our spirits in this season. And I'm just going to pray for us. Yeah, thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for your truth. I just want to pray for you, particularly if you're watching this morning and you don't yet know Jesus. I just want to say to you, there is a great treasure available for you. There is a very great treasure available for you. And I just want to encourage you, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you, you're thinking, actually, I want to tap into this life that you've been talking about, then I want to encourage you to just pray. Just ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. Ask Jesus to come live in your heart. Give yourself to him. And... Uh, yeah, Father, I just pray for anyone watching who doesn't yet know you. Father, would you reveal yourself right now? Would you come close? Would you draw near? Would you speak to them? Father, I thank you that you are the answer for everything they need, God, that living for you is the best decision we could ever make. I just want to encourage you, if that's you, to get in touch with us, send us an email, because we would love to connect with you and just send you some more information about what it means to follow Jesus. But for the rest of us, why don't you just put your hands out. I'm just going to pray. Father, I just want to thank you that you have given us a great treasure. Jesus, I pray that you would blow our brains with the enormity of the treasure we've been given, of the beauty of the gospel. Pray, God, give us revelation that changes how we live. And Father, I pray that we would be a church family who lives with a heavenly perspective who fixes our eyes on eternity so that no matter what resistance we face, no matter what challenges we might come across, we would continue to share the treasure you've given us, to give the treasure away to the people around us so that many, many, many more people would come to know you and so that, Father, you would be glorified in us and through us. I pray for these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Wendy. And we do hope that you have been blessed by that message. And so uh, what I would encourage you to do, though, is if it is the case that you want someone to, to pray with you on behalf or in connection with some of the things you've been hearing, there is a team right now available in that online meeting where you can uh, message and they would really happily pray for you. So click that request prayer button if you want to. But listen, on behalf of Ali and I, it's been great to have you with us today. I'm going to go home. I'm going to put the Christmas tree up. We're going to put Home Alone on and maybe eat some mince pies to properly get into the Christmas spirit. And I'm going to go home and carry on with November and maybe do that next week. So whatever you're doing, we hope you have a great week and um, see you again. Thanks so much for being with us. God bless.
Can we do that again, please? We spend way like more it. time thinking about how we're going to sit than we do actually doing I can stick a cushion behind me, that would bring me forward a bit. You said you were going to say something! I know, and I don't know what to say. He <laughs> just looked at me. <laughs> Uh, do you want to say anything? Made from real so are you mooses? saying anything in this section? Don't listen, Keith. What? <laughs> of course, if anyone tunes in late and I just say Keith would agree with you, they go, no idea what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> they didn't hear the intro bit. And what's he talking about? We Living should in start Tennessee. the next segment with the reindeers on my lap. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Um, hold on, I've just had a message from Carly says, it said, hi Steve, not sure what time you're filming hosting now. It feels like whatever, just do it. Okay. He's right. literally seeing he's like... <laughs> I don't care. Well, I didn't know it was going to be... Um, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I could preach as well. It's the Steve Probably show. Probably best that I lead worship, but it's just saying. It's the Steve show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're going to need to give you some extra, you know, cannon fodder for the... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it got some I was like, but this has been so normal, so it's natural. so good. <laughs>